Content warning. This episode contains gunfire and references to gore. I've always loved ancient human texts. I find the written language to be so... beautiful. The spoken languages are hideous. All that splattering in hot air. Watch, gurgle, bubble, bleh. It pains me to use it now. But without it, you wouldn't be able to understand my words. The Malgaric stands up from his throne. Bright, harsh sunlight from the surrounding desert filters through the slats in the ceiling and onto the bound and gagged face of a human, beaten and bloody. The oval room is filled with thugs, dacoits and bandits who stand and watch, drinking and muttering inaudibly to each other. But written down, it's magical. I've always thought so. And one day I read this quote. This is many, many years ago, mind you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. <laughs> I thought it must be fate, I mean, there it was. Shadow of death, my name, right there in a text that was written long before humans even realized they weren't the center of the universe. <laughs> well, I'd be lying if I said it didn't make my light shine a little brighter. The human's face does not change. He stares at the Malgaric with a consistent, hateful expression. The Malgaric walks down the short set of carpeted stairs and crouches down in front of the human. The walls, aligned with various trophies, Vietorian tapestries, human sculpture, Hass jewellery and various flags and cloaks ripped from council forces hang from the rafters and walls, all a messy display of wealth and power. Shadow of Death leans in, so the red lights of his body reflect on the skin of the human. A set of sharp blades hover below each ear. Now, human, I've been told that you... The Malgaric pushes a finger into the human shoulder, who winces in pain. Are part of a group who are the direct descendants of some humans who stayed behind in their stellar system. Now, I don't know if you know, but out here, human artifacts are rarer than a white burstow. The Malgaric laughs to himself, but notices the human does not react. Ah, of course you wouldn't get that reference. <laughs> the Malgaric takes one of the blades from his ears and severs the gag that is tied around the human's mouth. Your name. I don't want to refer to you as just... human. The human peers into the Malgaric's bright, wide eyes. My name is Hakan Apasianik. Well, Hakan. The way I see it, your little group of stubborn rebels probably have the best chance of having some of the more rare texts I covet so highly. So I ask this of you. Return to your people and tell them that the great shadow of death offers a trade. Ignore the council's claims of violent warlordism. We are more than peaceful to our partners. I want old earth texts. I offer much in return. 
I have amassed a great deal of wealth in my time. I am sure we can reach some sort of deal. Will you do this for me? I tell you, you metallic fuck, that the Anthronicians would rather be eradicated right down to the last soldier than work with any species other than human. You might as well slaughter me now. We will never let you get your filthy hands on- Shadow of Death draws an antique Malgaric sidearm and fires a centimeter thick cone of an aluminium tungsten alloy into Hacken's forehead. An incredibly eccentric and expensive way to dispatch someone, but it made for a good story and even better rumors. All you had to do was plant the seeds and soon enough there'd be myths and legends about you for years to come. Being a warlord took branding more than anything these days. Any half-cocked, jumped-up idiot with a rifle and a crew could stake a claim to some planet and shoot at potential visitors. It requires real finesse to be remembered for it. Shadow of Death presses a switch, and a hatch opens up beneath the still-warm Hakan, who tumbles down the side of the mountain that the compound is built into. Shadow peers down as it slowly closes. He looks up to one of his lieutenants. Shouldn't there be more bodies down there? He says in Durian. We've, uh, we've been disposing of them, sir. His lieutenant, a Durian, says. Drop all of that sir shit. Sorry, sir. Sorry, a habit from the military. I don't care. Why have you been removing the bodies? The entrance to the compound is just around the corner, and the smell can get hard to stomach. Did I not watch you disembowel that... Nimonian soldier the other day. Yeah, but I didn't have to live near the mess. Shadow of Death crosses his arms and erupts. I'm sorry, we didn't mean to upset you. I'm not upset. It's just, I had this trapdoor built and I'm annoyed that... Okay, so maybe I am upset. More at myself, really. I'm not normally this short-sighted. We could build a slide. Redirect the bodies further away. A... a slide? No, you're right. That's stupid. I didn't say that. Really? Could it work? No, it is stupid. I just didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. Yes, sorry. The warlord looks to a Viatorian dressed in animal skins with a large machine gun slung at her side. Savarik, take Valneath and your forces. Find that human's camp. Eradicate it. If they won't play nice, we'll take what we want by force. The Durian and the Viatorian leave. Shadow of Death goes over to his throne and slumps down, his old body not moving as gracefully as it once did. He rests an elbow on the throne's armrest and watches his warriors file out of the room. He sits in a room full of trophies on a mountain that belongs to him, surrounded by scores of people who would die in his name and feels empty. He leans back and rests his head on a hand. <sighs> this place needs a TV. Narration by David Charles, Shadow of Death played by Samuel Alejandro Di Fuentes, Hakan Abassianic played by David Orion, Velanez played by Catherine Stanley, writing and sound design by Kai Gwillem Pritchard. An extra special thanks to our patrons Teresa Scheiben, Anthony Hyde and Zachary Forte-Gom. 
email us at chainofbeingofficial at gmail.com and follow the podcast on Twitter at chainofbeing. Subscribe to the Patreon for exclusive content and rewards. And thank you for listening. I can hear the bottles on the breeze now, every day. I hung them all up on the big tree outside my kitchen window, and they sparkle and shimmer in the sun. I walk through them sometimes, tapping the glass and hearing them chime against each other. I wonder if these messages could still get to their intended destination, or if that time and place happened long ago and far away. I think some of them were just tossed out into the water, not really intending to end up anywhere specific. I meant for this island to be my own paradise. I truly did. It had everything I thought I needed, which was essentially just solitude. But now that I've been here, and now that I've read this letter, I can't help but see everything I've left behind. Glass Letters is a new audio drama podcast about loneliness, letters, and found families. Available now wherever you listen to podcasts.